Hi, and welcome to Gathered Courage Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Smith, and here at Gathered Courage, it is my aim to help you live an everyday courageous life. There's something I like to remind my friends around here, and it's this, no matter what you're facing, the good, the bad, the ugly, you can live an everyday courageous life through Jesus. It's just fact, friends, and I am here to help you believe that, to know that, and to live that out in your everyday lives. Thank you for listening today. I cannot wait for you to hear this interview with two powerhouse women today. Today on the show, I have Brandy and Jamie, and they are two of the fierce three that lead the charge for out of darkness here in the Columbus, Ohio area. These women... Oh my goodness, it is amazing what they have done to say yes to God and his call on them to impact Columbus and the surrounding area when it comes to women who are stuck in the cycle of sex trafficking. I have been a part of Out of Darkness volunteer-wise for about two years now. Our church has helped them when it comes to finances. We give to them um, every now and then for, for helping with the everyday needs of the ministry. It is so important, the work that they are doing. And not only is it neat to hear about the work that they're doing in today's episode, but to hear the way that God called them into this and the yes that they both gave, oh, it's so powerful. I am so excited for you to hear from them today, to learn about Out of Darkness, and also to be encouraged by their courageous living. Let's get to it. Here is my interview with Brandy and Jamie. Well, Brandy and Jamie, welcome to Gathered Courage Podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're super excited. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm so, so excited. I have told our audience a little bit about Out of Darkness in the introduction, and you're going to be able to fill in all those gaps for me during this interview. But let's talk about just you two individually as persons (laughs) before we get going, because a lot of what Out of Darkness is, is because of you guys individually. So uh, Brandy, I'll start with you. What do you want us to know about you? Tell us about yourself. All right. So I have been married for 12 years and I have two daughters. They are 11 and eight year old girls. Um, and I'm an Enneagram seven. We love the Enneagram. So I'm an Enneagram seven. So fun. I love it. (laughs) With a, with a strong wing eight comes out every once in a while. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we live in Sunbury, um, which is my hometown, and um, live close to Jamie, and our daughters are our best friends, which makes it really, really fun, too. That is fun. Oh, that's really neat. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, Sunbury, so that's in Ohio for anybody else that's kind of not from there. It's a beautiful little town, I and it's growing like crazy. It is growing, for sure. Yeah. I, I feel like when my husband and I have been recently um, just house searching and things like that. And it's like so many new subdivisions are going up and all kinds of craziness. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. It's not the small town it used to be, but it still has, has that small town feel. So that feel. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, what about you, Jamie? What do you want us to know about you? Yeah. So I have been married 15 years and um, I also have two little girls that are 11 and seven. 
Uh, Brandy's daughter is actually at my house right now. Um, yes. I'm warning of please stay and play out there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I we have got a new little puppy, a new little old English sheepdog. So that is fun in all its new puppy ways. Um, I am an Enneagram nine. Nice. Um, also with the kind of strong wing eight as well, which is a real interesting, weird combination. I do a lot of apologizing for the things that just come out of my mouth. <laughs> I come back around a lot. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I said that the way that I did. I didn't mean it. Um, <laughs> yeah, again, also in Sunbury, love that kind of small town thing. Um, I love... Love being on the porch. I love flea markets. I love my family. I come from kind of a big family ish. Um, I was that surprise baby that came along way later. So all the um, my siblings, everybody are a lot older than me, but I'm really blessed that we all love to be together. So that's one of my favorite yeah. things. And um, oh, yeah. yeah, so that's that's me. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And I love that you did share your Enneagram numbers. I know there's like there's a lot of different opinions on the Enneagram. I personally like it as a tool to learn about myself and others and learn how to relate with each other and know each other's strengths and weaknesses kind of thing. And so it's always good to have a seven in your life because they're, you know, fun, fun, fun. And and those eights are super important too. You know, those wing eights that we need, we need those hard tough in your face conversation sometimes. And my husband's a nine, so I can, I can relate with some of those. You those get nine it. You get the nine. Yeah. And I'm a three wing two. So just so you guys know what I am. Yeah. yeah. No. yeah. Tiffany, our other partner, she's a one. So it's a good balance for us. Yes. Like, it's a great yeah. balance. Yeah. It works out really well. That is good. And yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Tiffany because she is another one of the uh, courageous leaders of yeah. Out of Darkness, the division here in, in Central Ohio. And that's, yeah, having a one, a seven, a nine. Yeah, you guys, that's that's a stellar team right there. Look at you, girl. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It really well, has been really helpful oh, to know. Yeah. Like genuinely really, really helpful to know. And um, when we yeah. keep just learning more and more. So it only yeah. makes me love and appreciate um, their strengths more and yeah, yeah, understand where I'm not. And so, yeah, it's good. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I love that. So if we dive in here to the definition of courage, that's what Gathered Courage is all about. I like to interview women who are doing big, bold, courageous things. I like to interview women who are just living their everyday lives as a stay-at-home mom or um, of someone in the workplace living courageously. And um, it all counts. It's all beautiful. It's all mm -hmm. courageous. But before uh, we kind of get into the courageous work that you all do, what do you define courage as? Because I find that everybody has a little bit of a different definition. And I think that's one of the one of the many things I love about courage is that it looks many different ways and you can talk about it in so many different words. So Brandy, we'll start with you. How do you define courage or what does that look like? Yeah, I think it's the first time I've ever thought about the definition of courage. And I wanted to like, Google the definition. I was like, no, don't do that. Cause then you're going to be like, this is my definition. Uh, so yeah, it was interesting as I was thinking about it because we often go to like the biggest, the biggest moments of our lives that were yeah. like the hardest. I think it even shows up, like you said, in the everyday 
small yeah. things that it it's like the everyday hard things that we take face on that yeah. scare us. I, I think that. it's a lot to do with the things that scare us or our fears, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. our anxiety, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's, I don't think it's about the outcome of mm-hmm. what happens when you take that courageous I that. step. I think it's just about the act of facing whatever that fear is. Um, I think that's cool because sometimes the most courageous thing to do is is walk through failure. So I think initially I was like, oh, it's, you know, stepping into these big things, but it's, it's not, it's about that step. It's not about what happens afterwards. So. Ooh, I like that. I like that. The end result isn't necessarily part of the definition because the end result, the courage doesn't guarantee something good is going to happen. Yeah. That's so good, Brandy. I love it. What about you, Jamie? What's, what's your definition of courage? That is so good, Brandy. That was really, really good. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I just was thinking about it. Same thing. I've never really thought through it before. And it was really, I loved actually kind of like thinking through it all and what all it looks like and how it shows up. I was just thinking like when you don't feel brave or you have every reason kind of not to be, but you Mm. choose to be, you know, you have to choose to be and you do it anyway, like doing that thing, even though you're afraid of it. Or again, it could be as simple as just saying something, which is not always simple at all. Mm-hmm. Um, especially mm-hmm. when it's counter to what everybody wants you to say, um, walking away from something or yeah. that just first step out that first step yeah. of courage is often, yeah. you know, as we know the hardest one. Um, yeah. so yeah. I guess think again, when you don't want to be brave and you don't feel like you can, or you want, you know, you want to be, you have every reason not to be, but you choose yeah. to anyway, I think I it's just that. really having that courage in that kind that, of situation. Yeah. I love that. The word choice, choosing to, I think that's yeah. a big part of courage. And oftentimes I think that's why we don't think of something as being courageous until after the fact, because we didn't necessarily think, oh, I chose this path mm-hmm. or this situation, but you did choose to take that next step or to do that thing or to not say that thing, you know, um, so I like that choosing too. That's so good, girls. Thank you so much for um, thinking that through and really kind of sitting with it a little bit and sharing your ideas on courage. So if you think about your definitions of courage and what's been happening lately in your worlds, where have you seen some examples of courage lately? Gosh, I think because it can be in so many small things as, as well as mm-hmm. I was trying to not just think of big things that yeah. I've seen. Yeah. Um, and I think we see it. I think we see it every day all around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, as I was thinking through it, it was like a good exercise for me to like in the everyday life, like look for the places where people are being courageous yeah. and like call it out, you know, like be yes. like, Hey, I saw you do that courageous thing. So that was honestly yeah. a good, like, as I'm oh, thinking, through, I'm like, oh, I should recognize this more. And oh, good. Um, yeah. So I think, gosh, I, I think we see it a lot in the ministry for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think the women that we serve, um, I think, I mean, my goodness, they have to be courageous every day yeah. Um, yeah. to live the life that they, that they live. And so I think, um, yeah, I think, uh, dang, I didn't think I'd get like choked up on that one. Oh, uh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that we get to see them at their most vulnerable places mm-hmm. and then walk through those like next steps. And each one takes such courage. Um, and so I think that is such a gift that yes. we get to walk alongside them in those moments of them re- being really courageous. Um, yeah. 
And it might not feel like it. It might just be coming to the drop-in center one day. It could be their active um, being courageous. It could be them, you know, calling our hotline, going to the safe house, going to their, whatever it is. I think it's such a gift that we get to walk alongside. And then I think another thing is with volunteers that we get to work with. Yeah. I think it's cool because we get to watch people on the journey of like God breaking their heart, just like he did ours. And Mm -hmm. then watching them be like, oh my goodness, at this world, like sex trafficking is, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Scary, it's big. And then watching them like walk along the same journey that we walked through yeah. um, and then come to the training and then go on their first outreach, whatever, wherever that may be. That is so fun for us yeah. to like walk alongside them and watch them go from scared. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what to say right. um, to them at the end of the night, seeing them just like, oh my goodness, I love yeah. this. You know, and like yes. after you do that courageous thing, just the gift of like freedom and excitement and that rush mm-hmm. that you get. So mm-hmm. I think those are some of the fun things that we get to walk through. Let's switch gears here just a little bit. And I would love for you both to tell us all the things about Out of Darkness. Like I said earlier, I did give them just a little hint or preview about what it is, but I want to hear from your mouths all the beautiful work that you do, why it exists, what you do, how it works, as many details as you'd like to give us about the program Out of Darkness. Yeah. Oh, it's our greatest honor <laughs> to get to talk about because I have a long time. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so we started here in Columbus. We became an organization about six years ago and we started with outreach about five and a half years ago. Um, Out of Darkness is actually the Women's Ministry of Frontline Response, which is formerly Atlanta Dream Center. Um, so anyway, what that means is we really consider ourselves a frontline ministry. So yeah. we work with a primarily women most of the time who are being um, sex trafficked or commercially sexually exploited here again most of the time in central Ohio even though we do it work with women outside of here okay. um so I want to talk to you a little bit about just like the the ministries um yeah. again like I said we're frontline so that means we go to where the women are at that time of exploitation just that season of exploitation. Um, so it's, we started out with what we call princess night, which is our street outreach. And that, what that means is every Friday evening, um, we drive around areas of the city that are just kind of known for street prostitution and just a lot of struggles with addiction and some homelessness. And here in Columbus that we started on the South side, which is like Parsons Avenue, Livingston. And we have recently expanded to the West side as well. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like, it's a fantastic opportunity for volunteers because we just like meet at a central location, um, get in a van and we drive around the city in those areas and we pray the whole time. So if nothing else, we know it's not been an evening in vain at all. We've covered the city in prayer. And then whenever we see a woman, we just feel like we're supposed to stop for, we stop, we give her a rose. Um, a couple people get out and just meet her where she's at in that moment. It's just a time to say like, Hey, we see you, but more than that, Jesus sees you and he knows you and he loves you more than you could ever imagine. He has a plan for you. It's just a time to meet them right there in that moment. Um, um, We always offer prayer and most of the time they gladly accept prayer. So it's just like Mm -hmm. a moment to bring like that kingdom of God right there on the street in a dark, difficult place. Um, So we do that every Friday evening. It's beautiful. We oftentimes will see somebody that's like, today's my birthday. This is the only gift of God Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. It just, it means a lot to be seen and to be known in that area. 
Yeah. So we have that. We also, in that same area of town, um, were able to open a drop-in center mm. um, about three and a half years ago. So what that is, it's just a home there. Our name's on the door. You know, hours are on the door. We want everybody to know that we're there. And right now we're open three days a week. Monday evenings, Tuesday evenings, and Friday afternoons. We're actually open right now. I'm getting ready to open the doors. And what it is, again, it's exactly what it says. It's a time, it's a place for women to come and to drop in. Um, mm-hmm. They can rest. They can take a shower if they want. They could take a nap. We've got yeah. clothes and toiletries to meet those like immediate physical needs. We also always have a meal together. We sit down at a big table and have a meal together. Obviously, COVID threw a few wrenches in that, but we're coming sure. back around. Yeah. To be able to to have that time, you know, so much happens around a dinner table. So much mm-hmm. um, just ministry and love happens around that table. Um, oh, yeah. We also, though, it's so important to us. One relationship is is so key. Um, we also wanted to talk to the ladies about themes of like strength and goals and mm-hmm. dreams just mm-hmm. to try to get them to think of what their life could be. And then we yeah. walk alongside them and talk them through this actually can become what it is. You know, what, yeah. what dreams do you have? Let's reclaim them. And then let's help you take the steps towards achieving those dreams. And a lot of times we have to believe for them because they just don't yeah. at that time. Yeah. It's very, very yeah. mental, psychological type of mm. bondage. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're just there and we're hoping for them and we're trying to help them see themselves the way that God sees them. We're yeah. trying to help them understand their value and their worth and that they don't need to carry shame and oh, that there's such beautiful. a great plan for them. Mm. Um, so we do all of that there in that home. We connect them to resources if needed. Um, we just try to meet all their, their physical and them. I would say all of their emotional needs. That's not really what I mean, but just try to also appeal to that part of them as well, sure, just what they're walking sure. through. Um, yeah. We also have a jail pen pal ministry. So it's been our goal to be in the jail systems. Um, however, again, COVID kind of threw a wrench in that, mm-hmm. but we decided to go ahead and start up a jail pen pal ministry at that time. And nice. so what that looks like, again, we have women that um, whenever we have somebody who looks to see who is incarcerated this week, and if it's somebody that we're connected to, you know, we write out, we connect them with a pen pal, and mm-hmm. they have somebody to keep in touch with while they're there. It's especially lonely, uh, difficult time, but it's also a time where maybe they have a little bit more clarity, um, mm-hmm. and they're able to kind of think through next steps a little mm-hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. And just, again, it, it's just to feel supported. It's just to be able to yeah. say, we're here for you. Yes. Um, at a time, again, you may feel alone. We're here from you. And you know what, too, whenever you're released, we're, we're still here for you and we can help you take yeah. those next steps. Yeah. And then we also finally started our kind of last um, outreach, which is called Encounter, which yeah. is a strip club ministry. Um, so obviously not everybody that's working in a club is being trafficked or anything. It absolutely does yeah. happen. It does happen. It could be the first step. But regardless, yeah. there's still a level of exploitation happening. There's still mm-hmm. um, oftentimes just hurt. And so we want to go in there and again say, hey, we see you and yeah. you're beautiful and you're known and you're valued. And we yeah. take in gifts. We go once a month to area clubs and we take in gifts. And it's just a time to get to love on the women and just to get to show them and tell them about the love of Christ and about their value. Um, it's really, really beautiful. And then we also have... Groups of people that will go and will educate, um, whether mm-hmm. churches, women's groups, businesses, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is about mm-hmm. what human trafficking really is, because there's a lot yeah. of misconceptions about it. And yeah. then also empower them to be able to do something about it. You know, what can yeah. you do? 
What yeah. kind of conversations can you have? What steps can you take? Yes. And then finally, we also have a medical team that does medical training for medical professionals. Um, because so often um, people, individuals who are being trafficked or exploited are actually in the presence of a healthcare worker at some point. Um, right. They just may not know what to do or what steps to take or what to look for. So right. um, that is something else that we offer. We also, though, offer kind of the second half of what we do is wrapped up in our emergency housing. So I think Brandy is going to go ahead and tell you a little bit about that. Wonderful. Wonderful. So we also have an emergency safe home. And um, so to go along with that, we also have a hotline. So Mm. team of volunteers and staff um, man this hotline 24-7. And it's really just um, a number where individuals can call um, in their moment of crisis um, and just get connected to resources um, and then specifically get into our safe home. Yeah. And if if they are a great candidate for the safe home um, and we have got beds available, then we will send a team. It's called our rescue teams. Um, it's a man and woman um, that will go pick up um, her day or night, um, yeah. 24-7. Transportation um, can be a barrier. And yeah. so we will always send a team um, that brings the individual to the safe home. And it's also important because our safe home is an undisclosed location. And so it's only our mm-hmm. team members that are transporting mm-hmm. and not know where the safe home is. Mm-hmm. And then the safe home is really just like, we call it like it's the, the safe place for them to land um, as they kind of bridge that gap between the life, wherever they, whatever experience or whatever situation that they're coming out of mm-hmm. um, before they go on to their next step. Um, yeah. We really encourage long-term programming. Um, we just feel that yeah. they deserve the time to heal from all the trauma that they endured before they have to think about, you know, jobs and finances and all the right. real life situations that are so hard. Yeah. Um, and so we just want to create this safe, beautiful place for them to come in where they can rest and then where they can really make a choice for their, their life and their next steps mm. um, out of a place um, of like where they have choice and where they have yeah. time to think about it. So many times they're making a lifelong choice and decision out of a moment of crisis. Yeah. Um, and that's just not a fair thing. Right. And yeah. so we just want to give them a place where they can kind of rest and, and take the time that they need to process through all of their options mm-hmm. um, and then make the best next step for them. Um, so it's fully staffed. Um, it is crisis stabilization. And so mm-hmm. our, our goal there is just to bring, women in, um, walk alongside them as they get stabilized. And that means medical, that means, um, some psychiatric, that means a lot of different things is depending on each individual and the barriers, the things that she's faced. And so, um, again, it's just try to create a safe place for them, safe place for them to land, um, before they move on to their next step. And so it's, it's really hard, um, because Mm. we're, we're, where they try, um, that, that step of, leaving their current situation, um, and addiction and, Mm. uh, trafficking and that, that trafficking bond and all of those things have a strong, strong grip. And so um, it can pull them back in sometimes. And it's hard when they choose to leave, to go back. Um, Mm -hmm. but we're just waiting there with open arms for the next time that they, they come back in. And oftentimes they do, um, but it's also really, such a joy to be able to walk alongside them in that really courageous moment. Um, as they are taking this really big step of faith. Um, and sometimes that unknown is scarier than the known, no matter mm-hmm. how bad that known mm-hmm. situation is. And so yeah. I'm just getting to walk alongside them in those moments is such a gift. So that's a little bit about the safe home. Nice. Nice. The, 
the, okay. So I'm thinking about all these different things you've talked about and just to kind of uh, tell the listener about how I've experienced these things. And I have been part of the, um, pen pal team, though I found out that I'm a really horrible pen pal at this season of life. So I did step down from that so that I wasn't, um, (laughs) you know, blocking anyone who needed a good pen pal, <laughs> but uh, it was a good experience. It, the The leader was great. Everything was great. It's just, a, I'm a horrible pen pal right now in this season of life. I've also, I've done the, I'm on the prayer team. So I'm in a text thread that is just amazing uh, to get insights into the princesses. You know, it's like princess R, we use just the letter of their first name is yeah. needs prayer for this and that, or, Hey, we're doing interviews today for, you know, uh, someone to be on staff at the, the, uh, drop-in house or something. And so we can just be in prayer and it's, you guys take prayer very seriously. Jamie, you mentioned even on those princess nights, which I have done before as well. That was a, an amazing experience. Um, that there's, you just pray, 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 pray the whole time. And so even if there is no princess that we see or stop for, that it is, you know, you are literally just bathing those streets and bringing the presence of God to them as much as we can. And so princess night is a great experience as well. It was a very, uh, eye-opening for me. It was also very humbling for me and Mm. it also just solidified the need for something like out of darkness in our city. And so I just want to take this opportunity as well to thank the two of you and, and Tiffany, um, the other courageous leader of this crew for, taking the steps to create something like this in our city. And speaking of that, how did the two of you specifically get involved in this ministry? Was it something that you heard through the grapevine? Was it um, an experience with someone who was sex trafficked? Uh, just how, how did you kind of become part of this mission to reach these women and to share the love of Jesus with them in these amazing ways. Brandy, I'll let you go first. Okay. Yeah. This is a really fun story that we love to tell. Um, and, and there's a part of it that is individual to each of us. And then a part of it that the Lord used us together. Um, so for me, it just, I was doing something else. Um, I was an all-star cheerleading coach and I loved it. And it was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Um, (laughs) And, but I was gone a lot of nights and a lot of weekends. And I really just felt like the Lord was saying for me to give it up. And I Mm. said, nope, um, for (laughs) a couple of years. Um, And it was a hard no. Like it wasn't even like, (laughs) think about it. It was like, no, no way. Like, and I was feeling a lot of those earthly desires of like, I was known and I was really good at it. And like we had built this thing and, it was feeling a lot of earthly desires and it, mm. it was a huge time commitment too. And so mm. I was away mm-hmm. from my family and miss out on a lot of things. And so mm. the Lord, I just, you know, after like two years of saying no, I was finally just at the place where I said, but God, you're just going to have to change my heart. Like it's mm. not even an option in my mind. So you're just going to change my heart. Yeah. Um, and slowly over that last year he did. Mm. Um, and I found myself desiring um, different things. And so um, at the end of the season, I was, I was pregnant with my daughter and I literally had her at the very end of the season. And I remember praying one night and he just said, like, I have something bigger for you, but you have to release this first. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, oh, what's so bigger? Right? Yeah. Like, what I've 
known my whole life. Yeah. And it's because as soon as I, as soon as I ended and I ended right when I had my daughter, which was the end of the season. So timing was perfect. But as soon as I was obedient, as soon as I said like, okay, God, I'm going to give this up. I have no idea what that means, but I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to listen. Yeah. Um, It was literally like these blinders came off of my eyes and almost immediately he broke my heart for the issue of human trafficking. Um, And it was like, I had known it and, and seen it before, but it was like, I couldn't, Mm. I couldn't have passion for it. I couldn't have empathy for it until I had been obedient. And then he just like opened up this whole world. And I remember, um, again, I literally, right when I had my, my youngest is when I stepped away Mm -hmm. from coaching and with it, I was still on maternity leave. So it was like maybe six yeah. weeks at Jamie and I were at an anti-trafficking conference. And so okay. it was like almost immediate. immediate yeah. uh, now the rest of this journey was not so quick. <laughs> um, Jamie, do you want to like jump in here and you can share like how God broke your heart and then I can jump back in and, and we can kind of bounce off and forth about sure. like the rest of the journey. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. Um, so as she said, it's, it's very individual. Mm -hmm. It was very personal to each one of us. Um, but all, you know, at the same time, like he does, like he's working everything together. Um, yeah, like separately. So I also was working another job, married, had one little girl. Um, I always, or the couple of years leading up to that though, I felt like, uh, there's, there's gotta be more to this. Mm. Like there's gotta be more. I always grew up in a Christian home. I grew up kind of safe, um, traditional, you know, married church, small group, everything's mm-hmm. great, love mm-hmm. and life. But I know there's more to this. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't requiring a lot of faith from me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just knew yeah. that was there. It was something I had been kind of stirred on. Um, mm-hmm. And at that time, I went to, there was like a training downtown Columbus mm-hmm. on just four through churches um, on just different topics. And one of them was trafficking. And I was like, I'm really interested. I'm drawn to that. I want to go learn more about it. Yeah. And I did. And I heard um, a survivor give her story and it just like punched mm. me in the gut Yeah, in a way that, you know, you couldn't shake it. Like we always say, there's so much to be sad about. There's so many things that you can carry as a burden, but this was the thing that would not go away. And mm. like, I was going to say this earlier or excuse me, later and talking about just how I, you know, experienced or have to have courage in the ministry. But I'm someone who, like I said earlier, I, I like to be safe. I like to play it safe. I like that yeah. comfort. Um, like so many of us like comfort, right? But mm-hmm. yeah. um, I wasn't <laughs> that big receiver. <laughs> um, and so it felt, it was slower for me of going like, okay, like where, mm-hmm. what do I do next? Where, yeah. where, what do I do? But I can't shake this. And I did feel that pull mm-hmm. to keep going, to yeah. keep pursuing. And then I was at a leadership conference in Atlanta, um, Catalyst and um, Christine Kane spoke there who, oh you know, she's the rock star in this industry, but she didn't talk about trafficking at all. She was just talking mm-hmm. about paying attention to the tension that you feel in your stomach or your chest. And like, that's Ooh. God speaking to you. Yeah. That's him saying something and yep. like, listen to it yep. and then act on it. And like, yep. that was happening so strongly in my body. So mm-hmm. even paying attention to like the cues in your body. Yeah. Um, I absolutely know that God was using that. So I went, okay, all right. Like I'm tired. I'm not going to just settle for this safe life. And like, I don't know what this is going to look like, but we'll just Mm. keep pursuing it. Be open to what he had. And it was about that time that Brandy and I kind of struck up a conversation and realized God was dealing with us 
at the same time and just separately in the same area. So there was so much power in kind of like having each other and then eventually Tiffany to kind of walk this through together. So that was just kind of what it looked like for me. Um, But yeah, yeah. Yeah. So from there, we just began to say like, God is breaking all of our hearts and we know he's asking us to do something. So like, what what is it though? Yeah. (laughs) And so we, our hearts were just to volunteer. So we're like, all right, let's just go try to volunteer. Yeah. Um, And and it was really hard. It was really hard. And Mm. and we understand that from an organizational standpoint. Um, Now we can understand the complexities of, you know, using volunteers in this work. Um, And it was also, goodness, several, I mean, this was, my daughter's eight now. So this was several years ago. Yeah. Um, and so all the organizations were newer at that time as well. Right. Right. Um, and so we just began meeting with any organization that would meet with us. And our heart was, Hey, we just want to long- come alongside another organization. Mm-hmm. And so we just asked them like, what do you do? What are the gaps in central Ohio? Yeah. Um, and just, I felt like we loved every organization that we met with. Mm. Um, but it just felt like God was saying like, nope, not that one. Nope, not mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. And it really became this long season of us just like, kind of like wanting so bad to do something. Like he has burdened our hearts for this. And like, we want to do something. Yeah. We are feeling this like call to it. Yeah. Um, but like there, there was just no opportunity for us mm-hmm. to actually do something. And so it was a long season of just praying, like kind of like in the desert, we were just praying yeah. and meeting together and, yeah. and talking and um, kind of after, after being in the season for a little while. Um, remember we were just kind of throwing out our ideas of like, what, okay, what could we do? Like, we're still wanting to come alongside another organization, but like, what can we do on our own then? Like, can we just maybe do some awareness events? And, Mm. you know, we did a couple of those. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember just praying one day and, um, the thing that, every organization had identified was housing was the biggest gap, but then also yeah. specifically emergency housing. Interesting. And so I remember just praying one day and just being like, God, like, what are you asking us to do? Kind of like in a, like a frustration, like, yeah, what are you pulling us to? There's so much to be done. Like, but yeah. what are you asking us to do? And I just felt like he said housing. And I was like, mm-hmm. nope, <laughs> not, not that. Um, I remember I called Jamie like freaking out. Um, mm. Like, I feel like the Lord said this and I, like, I know it's not my, it's not, it's not me. Cause I'm like, let's do awareness. So yeah. I know it's not my own uh-huh. voice, like <laughs> wanting to step into that. Um, yeah. And so, gosh, we just began to pray and the Lord just in the way that he does just began yep. to confirm. Um, yeah. We did an outreach and there was a girl that we pulled up and I mean, we we're just like passing out gloves and scarves yeah. and it was like the night of the year. So like our intentions were just to do that. Yeah. And the first person we pulled up to was like, oh my goodness, I've been praying for you guys. You are my angels. God sent you to me. I, I want to leave. I want to get out of this life. Can you help me? And we were wow. like, oh my gosh, like we are armed with like scarves. And right. <laughs> so, right. Right. Like, I honestly think, I honestly think we're like, okay, hold on. And like got back in the van. I'm like, what do we do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, wow. We just calling those organizations and they're like, Hey, remember, like, there's no, there's no safe, there's no emergency housing. Wow. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. So we just saw that process and how yeah. it is not what's best for her. Um, mm-hmm. It's the only option is a homeless shelter for that night. Um, right. And we just saw the complexities of the, of that system and how it just was not safe and just how all yeah. of the things that went into that. And yeah. we showed a film on aftercare and we had people coming up, like, we want to support you. Like you guys should do a house. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> and, and then that final confirmation, um, was a couple, a couple weeks after both of those things. Um, 
house was donated to us. And again, we were just wow. a couple of friends at this wow. point just pursuing this, right? Yeah. It was, we were not an organization. We were not anything. We were still really desiring to come along somebody else. And so yeah. um, at that point we were like, oh man, <laughs> you know, kind yeah. of made it real. Hey God, you know, we, yeah. we hear you. Um, wow. So we took a trip to Atlanta just to learn from people that were doing um, housing really, really well. Um, uh-huh. It's not something that we were going to step into lightly. Mm-hmm. And while we were in Atlanta, we um, went to the Atlanta Dream Center and met Out of Darkness. Um, and it was that instant connection that we had been looking for. Awesome. Um, it was just, they were in Atlanta and not in Columbus. Right. And so right. um, did emergency housing and they had been doing it for so long. They were kind of like one of the pioneers in wow. it. Wow. Yeah. And so we just had the same heartbeat and they were doing exactly what we felt called to. And so we came back from that trip and just um, had a couple conversations with them and just said like, Hey, we do want to be you, but like here in central Ohio. Right. Um, and they're like, okay, why don't you guys just become a chapter? And so I think it's wow. really cool. Obviously God's God went way ahead of us on this sure. and just kind of like cleared out the path. And there sure. was so many, we can talk about it pretty quickly these days. It was a long process and there was, it was yeah. literally like, so many times of us just saying yes to the next thing mm. mm-hmm. we couldn't see the whole picture which was mm. probably a blessing yeah um, sure so sure there was a lot of yeses along the way there was a lot of him changing us breaking us down jamie yeah. and i would gosh so many times the <laughs> song or whatever it was we would just sit there like crying just like yeah. he was just breaking us down so he could build us back up and prepare us for what he was calling us into yeah. um and so wow. I think it's cool. He gave us that, you know, our heart was to come alongside another organization. And, and he did that for us in a way that we wouldn't have expected. Yeah. Um, and so we had the support of a larger organization. Yeah. Um, but yet we were still launching something brand new here in Central Ohio. So right. Jamie, anything wow. you want to add to that? <laughs> no, not really. No, but it was again, <laughs> shortly after that, that we came back. And um, they're like, okay, you guys, I know you want to jump into this, but we need you to take some time to lay the groundwork. We're like, we've been doing that. Um, But it was so smart. It was wise and it was smart. It's what needed to happen. So we took a few months to, again, read and learn and pray and work on us as a team, um, which was so critical, honestly. And then it was that following year that we were able to kind of jump into actual hands-on ministry. So, yeah. Wow. That is an amazing, amazing story. I see so much courage in that. And just to call out, I mean, there is something to waiting well. (laughs) And, and, and even, even when we do wait well, that doesn't mean we wait perfectly, but I just Uh hear that you guys as a group and as even as individuals really did some waiting uh, and you did it well. You didn't turn your back on God. I mean, you didn't give me all the highlights or lowlights. Maybe, maybe there's a point where you felt like doing that or, or for a day or an hour did that. It's I'm not claiming that you waited perfectly or that it was easy, but um, sometimes the waiting can just be so hard. When you feel like you've told God no forever, then you finally tell him yes. And then he's like, okay, now wait. It's like, what? You know, <laughs> I think the courage to listen and to even be able to listen, you have to be abiding in Jesus in pretty tremendous ways. So 
to be, you know, pouring into your faith life and to be praying and to be courageous to allow him to, you know, be the one that tells you the next step that there's so much courage in that. If, if you're thinking about your story, your ministry, the way you came into that, what do you think has taken the most courage or or it could be even currently is taking the most courage when it comes to the work of this ministry. Mm. I, I could get choked up on this one, but what you just spoke, um, <laughs> is literally the ongoing, um, yeah. lesson. And even in this season of waiting yeah. on him. Um, and yeah. so like we had waited that whole time. And so we thought we would just open the safe home. Yeah, And it was four years later before mm. the safe home opened. Yeah, And so there was a lot more waiting that yeah. we had to do. And, and it was hard. Yeah, Like God, you were calling us to this yeah. and yet it's happening. And, right. Right. and so there was, I think that has been the ongoing lesson and we're in another season of waiting and mm. um, it is the thing that, that can take me out if I let it. And yeah. so yeah. We have to be really intentional just to to stay in a really healthy place and just trust. And I think the thing that I've heard this whole time is like, do you trust me? Yeah. Do you trust me? You yeah. can look back and see his faithfulness. And so I'm like, yep. gosh, I've seen you have provided. Yeah. I, I can't even, we can't even begin to speak of like what he has done throughout yeah. of darkness. Yeah. So I, that season of waiting has been the ongoing lesson. I'm like, okay. Yeah. We have learned our lesson about waiting. Like your timing is perfect. <laughs> You're never late. Like, I've learned my lesson. Okay, let's not do it again. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it is. Yeah, that is the that, thing to be courageous, to keep going, yeah. to do it well. And I don't often, yeah. it's, I carry it really heavy. Hmm. And so sometimes I don't give space for other people to carry it because it's just too hard for me. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's the lesson that I'm, I'm learning is how to, how to wait on yeah. him and his timing. And it is yeah. hard. And then, yeah. yeah. I would say too, just speaking back to what you said too, I think, gosh, it, when you, it's the obedience, obedience, yeah. I think is the biggest courage. Um, so big. And yeah. there's so many people that lovingly, and I think we have to be really careful as Christians mm-hmm. um, to talk people out of their calling based out of whatever we, and it's always comes from a good place. We want to protect those that we love. Right. Um, but so many people were like, are you guys sure? Like you want to do this? Um, mm. Like isn't that dangerous? You guys have young kids at home. Right. Like our kids were, we had newborns. Jamie was pregnant when this whole thing started. We mm-hmm. had newborns, we had three-year-olds. And so our yeah. kids were little. And, and so people just saying like, you yeah. know, you guys have like young kids at home. Are you sure that like, this is the right time for you to step into starting something? Right. And Gosh, and that was hard. Um, yeah. I think it was hard as a mom um, mm-hmm. because you can play into that mom guilt. And it, it was hard yeah. as yeah. just knowing too of like, guys, let's not call people or talk mm. people out of their calling mm. based mm-hmm. on like what we see in the natural. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew it, if we did not say yes, it would be an act of disobedience. And right. Gosh, yeah. looking back, I can't even imagine yeah. if we if we would have been a disobedient and like none mm. of this would have come and God could have used other people, of course. Sure. Um, but just like, the eternal impact that, that would have had um, yeah. just out of us not being obedient. And so yeah. I think that looking yep. back to that, it helps you be courageous in those next things. Yeah. Um, 
because yeah. I can see the impact that it's had in, in my life um, and, mm-hmm. and in other people's lives as well. So yeah. I don't even know if that answered the question, but <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. It did. I, and I think that you hit the nail on the head when you said that sometimes when we, when people confide in us or, or the people we love are stepping out and doing things that feel scary or not quite, you know, is this the right timing? All those things, the people in it, if they're really in it, surrendered to what God is asking them to, and, you know, of course, surrounding themselves with people that are going to give them godly wisdom and, and things like that. Um, there, there is this level of disobedience if you don't do it. And it's almost like to not do it would have not only the impact may have been lost, but it would have been hell for you. Excuse my French. You know, like it would have been harder if you had disobeyed than walking in it and then think about how hard it was walking in it, you know? So yeah, yeah there's, there's some, definitely something to that and, and being courageous to, to not be upset or, you know, or yeah. get discouraged by those people, but to be courageous and say, no, this I know that this is what God is asking me to do and I would love your blessing, but if not, I'm still going to be obedient Uh in this. That's, that's very, very courageous. What about you, Jamie? What have you most learned about courage? Yeah, I, I have to like second everything Brandy said. That is absolutely yeah. so good. And it is so true. Mm. We definitely heard it from people that really love us and yeah. are really close to us. Yeah. Um, so that, that's so good. Um, for me, so like I said earlier, I've always kind of been the type that tends to be more afraid of things. Um, I say Brandy is born courageous. I feel like like um, she just is such this born leader. And um, for me, all of this felt scary. Like literally like everything. <laughs> everything was brand new. Everything yeah. was an area that I'd never stepped into, experienced, yeah. knew much about. So if that's like the ministry, like I never thought I'd be on Parsons Avenue at midnight, you know, on the sidewalk, praying with people. Um, Even so, like last night we did encounter, which is our club outreach. Mm -hmm. And we were in the dressing room and somebody came in and they're like, hey, they want to talk to you in the management office. And I was like, Uh the whole way I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you right now. I need to hear your voice because I don't know what I'm walking into, but you put your head up and you walk. And it ended up being really amazing conversation. Actually, it was a really good thing. But like everything about the actual ministry, you know, involved for me a level of being courageous. Um, But it is so true. Like the more you do it, the easier it gets. And you feel, you know fear empowered you, you know it. And so like when you can attribute it to that, my goodness, like think of like Joshua and Caleb, you know, in the Bible, like they had so much courage from the Lord because they knew what their assignment was. Like they knew what he was asking them to do, what he needed they needed to do. And we were able to draw so much courage from that. Um, And then my actual personal role for Out of Darkness is development. And this is Mm -hmm. also a whole new world for me. So that's like Mm -hmm. fundraising. That's um, planning big events, which is fun, but also a lot. It's not just fun. Like there's yeah. a lot to yeah. it. It's <laughs> yeah. having yeah. conversations with donors where I'm scared yeah. and I don't know what to say. And I'm afraid they're going to say no. Yeah. There's speaking in front of people. There's yeah. um, 
there's so many things that you have to kind of, I've had to personally step out in. So it's just all these little tiny yeses over and over and over that take courage, but it is true. It grows in you. It really does grow in you every time you do it. And like, for me, it's basically come down to like, I cannot stay in my comfort zone Mm. and be courageous. Like they, Mm -hmm. they just can't, they can't Mm -hmm. coexist. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it absolutely requires me to step out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And, um, and draw on that. So for me, yeah. that's kind of like, it has been from day one, but it's an ongoing journey. But yeah. like I said before, when you realize it's the Lord working through you yeah. and sending the people to you, I'm like, yeah. okay, there's nowhere I'd rather be right. because yeah. And my weakness is your strength, right? Or my yep. strength is in your, my strength is in Found. my weakness. That's wrong. Strong when I'm weak. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yeah. Yes, all you the know what I'm saying. Yes, um, absolutely. So yes. for me, that's kind of what it's looked like for me personally. Yes, oh, I love that. I, gosh, okay, I want to unpack so much of that, but I'll I'll, I'll focus on this thing. Um, Jamie, as you were talking, Brandy, as you were talking about your personal experience and your personal what you've taken away, what's taken the most courage, what you've learned about courage. So much of it I hear is this idea of it was not me. It's not my power. It was not in me to do it. And that's the thing about courage. You know, there are, there are small little things that we can do in our own power, but when it's the big, um, you know, no, I'm not even going to retract that. Even in the small things, it is Mm -hmm. not our power. We believe that the power that we have to do any of the courageous things you're speaking of is not from ourselves, but is from the Holy Spirit. And I love Jamie that you mentioned, you just quickly said a prayer before you went into that management meeting. (laughs) Everything that we do, um, is empowered by him, by the spirit that we have through our belief in Jesus, um, and that God set him for us. And it is just, because if you try to be courageous on your own for too long, which I've done in my own power, it doesn't last very long. And it's never as impactful as it is when I trust that it's God doing it through me. So uh-huh. yeah, I'll get off that soapbox for a minute here. <laughs> Any, anything else when it comes to courage, especially um, as leaders of this, you know, I want to shout from the rooftops, like it's so exciting to see three women, you know, powerhouses leading this ministry, like you said, Jamie, talking to people that, you know, are maybe, maybe in your eyes a little bit uh, intimidating or, or Mm -hmm. have some power uh, that you don't wield, you know, it's really exciting to see the, 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 the women leaders of this. Is there something when it comes to actually leading it that you're like, it's specific to courage because you're leading it, not just a participant like me who's maybe doing, you know, some of the volunteer work kind of thing. I mean, all I I wrote down like one thing, like you have to go first. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like you have to kind of get in the weeds and you have to figure it out and you have to go first because like people are looking to you. (laughs) People are saying like, you're the expert. I trust you. So like, Mm you have to be that one to kind of step out and go first. And sometimes it does not make sense either. Right. Like how often in the Bible does something happen where people don't really understand, they don't see the full picture. They don't know the whole story and it doesn't make sense. And so you may have to be that um, person that's saying something to the people you're leading that they Mm -hmm. don't really understand, Mm -hmm. but you have Mm -hmm. to kind of 
carry that. Like you yeah. have to know if, if it's from the Lord, if it's what he wants, you have to be secure in that and be okay yeah. if it doesn't yeah. make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. Those are kind of some things that I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Brandy, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. There, there's so much. And it's it's always this balance for me. Um, Cause oftentimes, you know, people, you know, and, and it's not that <laughs> people are like, yeah, you guys are the three leaders of this. And it, yeah. and it is true. Right. Mm-hmm. And it does take us doing our job sure. and, and us being obedient, but it right. is for real, all Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's right. That's so right. You, yeah. like, it is all him. And yeah. like, I feel like it's even hard for me to take any credit or for us to take any credit. Cause it, mm-hmm. it just feels like it is so much of him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and people always speak into that of like, yeah, but you've, you've had to say yes, you've had to do hard mm-hmm. things you've had. And it, it, so it's always this balance. Yeah. Um, and, and so for me, it's always this balance of carrying the burden of it mm-hmm. all. Um, mm-hmm. Just the burden of, gosh, I, I lead this thing. And mm-hmm. if it goes wrong, it's on me. And mm-hmm. if it goes well, like, you know, so it's yeah. just carrying this burden, but also knowing like, it's also not mine to carry. Yeah. And so it's always yeah. trying to find that balance of God, mm-hmm. like you have charged me yeah. with this. And yeah. so there is yep. a healthy amount of this that I should carry. Mm-hmm. Um, but also this is yours. And if, yeah. and if you ever want to, you know, end out of darkness, or if you ever want to take it a whole nother direction or use right. other people, like I'm, I want, I'm here for that too. Like I just yeah. want you to move and to be open to what you have yeah. for this organization. Um, but it, so it's always this balance for me yes. of just like letting the Lord lead, um, mm-hmm. not carrying things I'm not supposed to carry, yes. but also having a healthy amount of responsibility yep. and burden yep. um, for the organization that he's called us to lead. So yeah. for me, it's just kind of balancing out those two things of just allowing to follow his lead, mm-hmm. um, but That's also good. finding my place in all of that as well. Oh. That's so good. That takes so much courage. Oh, that's yeah, for sure. I think anybody who's in a leadership position, uh, you know, me within, within, within my church, it's, it's holding space for, um, people and being burdened for what they're burdened for and being burdened to lead our church well, but then also knowing that it does not, it does not rely on me that, that just to say, you know, just my situation is the same. We've, I've got to hand it over to Jesus. And the the spirit is the one that's, I'm just coming alongside him. I'm just coming alongside him and he is doing the work before me and after me. Um, and I just have to obey kind of in that middle. So for sure I can relate with that. That's good. Brandy. Yeah. So as we wrap- you just said, oh, yeah, go oh, ahead, Jimmy. No, go ahead. Yep. I love that you just said, so you just have to give it to Jesus. And I was like, that's, that takes courage is it giving it, it over does. to Jesus. Yep. You yep. just yep. have to realize like how yeah. hard no, that can be, right? It's like it's true. what we have, it's what we base everything on. It's what yeah. we can't dare to try to run this without doing that. Right. But at the same right. time, it's not easy Yeah, um, as no, with everything. True. So because yep. we want to control it, we want oh, to yeah. be tangible and have our hands on it. So oh, I yeah. think just whatever it is you're walking through, truly yeah. releasing it to Jesus yeah. is really courageous. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. So that, that goes with Jamie, what I was about to kind of transition to is, so how do then you do that? Like, are there practical things? Because we can talk about having courage and how we need to have it and how it is hard. And we hand it over to Jesus and we let the spirit guide us, but like practically mm-hmm. speaking, you know, is there a habit you have in your life, something serious or even something kind of silly that you're like, this is the thing that 
really helps me to actually hand it to Jesus when I need to. Hmm. I wish I knew the answer. (laughs) 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 I feel like it's the thing that I'm like, oh, here we are again, Brandy. Like, (laughs) are you going to release this? I feel like you're carrying it again. And I I think there's something, um, I think when I get to those moments, and then that's where I'm like, gosh, is there a daily practice? Because I can yeah. pray it every day, yeah. right? But like, is there a daily practice that I'm missing that I still end up in this place where I'm carrying this burden? Right. That's not right. mine to carry. And right. and God is saying, are you gonna like, are you gonna give it to me? Are you gonna trust mm-hmm. me? Uh, and I think in those moments. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's an everyday thing that I've learned. Maybe that maybe there are. Maybe there's. Maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit. For, I, was, I was just you know, gonna say when you your your habit. To, daily habit of prayer. Like it, it seems sometimes yeah. like that cliche answer, but I do think that that is a practical yeah. step, Brandy, but, but keep going. Go ahead. <laughs> it is. It's in the word for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but I think it is in those moments that I, I find myself in that unhealthy place again of where I am carrying the thing mm-hmm. and I'm not releasing it. All right. I've been carrying it for too long or whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. There is just something about like our posture before the Lord. And I think yeah. honestly at those times, it is like when I have to, like I have to go face down before I'm like, I literally like fall on my floor before yeah. I'm just kind of like hands open. And there's just something that's just like yes, humbling about it. Yeah. There's something that is like the physical openness of my hands that. and my that. body just down before him. Yes. Um, and so yeah. I don't know if there's, there's probably things in in the daily thing. Maybe that's just, I need to do that every day during my prayer. <laughs> just get on my face before him. And, yeah. and maybe that'll help me not get to the place where I realize, okay, I'm, I'm really like, I can physically feel it's affecting me now. Yeah. Um, I got to like, get on my face before the Lord and just like oh. finally release it. This like yeah. this, yeah. Open posture. I love um, that. And I, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, obviously daily prayer, daily staying in the word mm-hmm. worship is super mm-hmm. important for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just having it, and even we've just noticed at the drop-in center, um, we have different sections of the house and the very back section is where we typically do like a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've noticed that sometimes the women don't always get to the back of the house, um, but we've noticed even when we just play worship music back there, there's just something mm-hmm. that like breaks in the house and mm-hmm. that more women end up in the back room than mm-hmm. any other time before. And so there's just something powerful that just like breaks through when you are yeah. worshiping the Lord. Oh yeah. And so yeah. Um, that's also really important too. Yeah. Now, those are all good things. And I do love that you mentioned the posture before God. I think sometimes people feel silly uh, mm-hmm. when you know about actually face in the carpet kind of posture, yeah. open hands to God. We're, yeah. there's something about like, I think, you know, the same thing as like when you dance, it's like people say dance like nobody's watching. Something about our body movements and yeah. we're inhibited some, for some reason by them. We just feel silly. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think mm-hmm. that there's absolute power in that. And whether it is daily brandy or whether it is just your go-to when you're really feeling feeling the deep yeah. need for it, I think that's a great example. And I'm glad you shared that. Jamie, do you have anything to share? Um, yeah. So I was thinking a lot about this. And there's a few things. So we are big Jenny Allen fans. We are big on the whole mindset, the whole thought of like taking our thoughts captive, right? Like we have control over that. Yep. 
Yep. So many of the thoughts that we have and emotions we have, we can control them. Like we can let them go down total rabbit trails and we can be yep. like, nope, I know yep. this is not of God. Yes. I know he is like, doesn't give us that spirit of fear. So yep. I can be like, nope. Okay, Jamie, like stop now. Yep. This yeah. is yep. who you are in Christ. Love it. Um, so um, we were, this is funny. So when we were in Atlanta, before we were out of darkness, we were doing the street outreach mm-hmm. um, when we were just visiting for the first time. Yeah. And this like, young little girl she wasn't really a little girl but this girl's driving this big church van through the cities of or streets of atlanta and talking to us and she's like listen you guys we just like don't have time to be afraid okay so like just don't be afraid and we're kind of like okay all right and it actually really helps me a lot of times i'm like jamie no like we don't have time for this okay like god's called us to something he will be faithful it. if we really believe it, yes. then we can trust yes. that. And so like, yes. no, we just aren't going to be afraid, you know? So I like those types of little things help me mm-hmm. to not let my mind or my emotions go to an yeah. unhealthy place. I'm like, no, yeah. you yeah. capture that and you bring it back in and you put it yes. against truth. Yeah. Um, and I think hearing stories, whether it's in the Bible or if it's somebody's personal story mm-hmm. of how they had to walk through things is so helpful to me. Oh yeah. Like hearing about those who've come before us. And again, what, what acts of courage they took, but then ultimately how God was faithful and how he moved and how he's so perfectly trustworthy. Yep. Um, so like those things really kind of really helped me refocus my mind along with like the prayer and the worship as Randy Mm -hmm. said, and just that community and pretty often like we have to encourage each other, right? Like as a leadership team, as, as Mm -hmm. friends, like we encourage each other. And when one is struggling, we'd be like, no, this is the truth of who you are and what God's called you to. And that makes a huge difference for me personally. Love that. Oh, so much, so many good nuggets from that for how to keep your courage, keep your courage and keep your courage in the right place in, in Jesus and who he has made us to be and, and who he, what he wants to do through us. So good. Well, I really have enjoyed this conversation. Before we officially say goodbye, can you guys tell my listeners, where can we find you? Where are all the things? So that if they're listening, if they're from the Columbus area and want to get involved in Out of Darkness, or even if they're from another state and want to see if there's a chapter of Out of Darkness or or learn more about sex trafficking, uh, where can they go and, and where can they find out all about you guys? Yeah, so our website um, is outofdarknesscolumbusoh.org. Because we're a chapter, because there are uh, multiple locations, that is kind of important if you want to reach us to add that Columbus OH. Um, There there is, we are actually going to be expanding across the country, which is really exciting. So there may be and out of darkness coming to an area near you. Um, So just kind of like stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you're just like, how do I get involved in this? I mean, like Google what's in your area, look for a local coalition. You know, we're part Mm -hmm. of our coalition here in central Ohio, as well as most of the other organizations here, all doing different things. Like everybody's staying Mm -hmm. in their lane because the Mm -hmm. stuff we talked about today may not be what you're drawn to or to what may not be what God's asking you to do. Yeah, But that's where you can find a lot of the, the organizations that are just doing all of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, social media is obviously a great way to follow along. That's where we're going to be most yeah. active as opposed to necessarily yeah. a website, which just has all of our basic information. Um, mm-hmm. So on Facebook, we are at Out of Darkness Columbus. Mm-hmm. And it's different for Instagram. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Out of Darkness OH. Um, so again, okay. that's us. You could obviously follow along with um, the team in Atlanta as well. And we, there's another yeah. team in middle Georgia 
as well. So um, yeah, those are the ways to kind of like find out what's going on with us here locally. That's where we'll post events, post trainings. We have a training every three or four months Mm -hmm. um, just to learn Mm -hmm. more about the issue and then specifically how to get involved in Out of Darkness. So Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for telling us about that. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It's been a pleasure just hearing about Out of Darkness, hearing personally the work that God has done in you and the ways that you are leaning in courageously to continue to follow his lead and be obedient to whatever it is that he has for you and and Out of Darkness. Thank you for leading that charge. And thanks again for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carrie, for having us. It's been such just an honor and a pleasure to talk with you today. Oh, good. Thanks, girls. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. What an amazing ministry these two women help lead. And what an amazing, godly, yes, uh, gathering their courage to do the next step that God is calling them to. I am just so encouraged by them. And I remember after the interview just saying, I had no idea, first of all, of their two stories and how how I needed to hear what God had done in their lives and how they had stepped into that. Oh, it was good for my soul, and I hope it was good for your soul. Thank you again for listening. Don't forget to share this with a friend, and don't forget to head to my Instagram and Facebook pages where throughout the week I put some encouraging things, and of course, subscribe and do a review. That is how others get to hear about Gathered Courage. Okay, we'll talk next week. Bye.